This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. All right. Congratulations, guys, by the way. Like, this is some good, good stuff. Uh, Chapter five is Mastering Unhindered Control. Now, I just spent a lot of time in the last chapter laying out why compounding is so amazing and why no one's getting it and just just some things to think about. Even I, I just encourage you to listen to those last eight questions again because, you know, those questions are really going to address what's what's working for you and what's not. But I just built up compound interest and I, and I want you to know that compounding is this like passive long-term strategy. It's amazing long-term, right? It is. So let's commit to it. But I'm also going to potentially you know, contradict myself in this chapter because explosive control is what creates wealth. Like if you really want to understand how the wealthy are getting wealthier, they understand this aspect of control. Like the banks, the wealthy of this country, the corporations, they're not making their money on compounding. In fact, they're they're paying interest. They're paying compound interest, if you want to say, on our money so they can control our money. We have to understand that there's an importance of controlling our money. I'll go back to if you are your greatest asset, understand what makes you tick. If you're your greatest asset and you own a business, understand how your business ticks. Like understand that you are your greatest asset. I'll go back to this idea of you devalue yourself. Most people go throughout their whole life devaluing, not putting a value on themselves. And as, as a result, we are so easily just totally offer up and give up control. And I'm, I'm getting emotional because I don't like it. Like I want people to understand that controlling your money is this incredible thing. And and if you look through the lens of control, you you don't just see like your money as savings. You'll see you want to see it as capital. It's not just your savings sitting there growing, waiting to be used someday in the future. It's capital that represents your greatest opportunity for reaching your highest potential and accomplishing your why. And and remember this: your greatest financial need is using your money. Think about it. Think think about what I just said. Your greatest financial need is using money. How many people to up until this point, besides me, have been showing you a better way to use your money? Think about that because you use a whole lot more money than you save. You will use far more money than you save. I'm like skipping ahead. Like I'm literally saying it and then it, I'm reading it. Uh, you will use far more money than you save. So so learning how you use your money will have a great effect than saving, um, than saving more. So like understanding how you use the money in your life and making that efficient could be, be by default, you could be uh, far ahead. So I'll just say this, if you know, compound interest may be the eighth one in the world, if it's credited, um, it's even not, it's not even, Albert Einstein never said that, but let's say he did. I'm going to consider the ninth wonder unhindered control. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about this idea of investing in the center. And I use Mark Zuckerberg in my example. And I think my next, you know, writing of this book, I'm going to actually use Warren Buffett because whether you think of uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, or, or, um, Warren Buffett, they all have made their wealth not on compound interest. The reason I want to use Warren Buffett is he's, he's noted for being like the greatest stock market investor of all time. But guys, think about this. Warren Buffett has the has the majority share in Berkshire Hathaway. Okay, that's his that's his company that literally buys all these kind of companies. So he has the majority share of Berkshire Hathaway and he buys companies and is can be ruthless, but he buys companies, comes in and, you know, because they have specialized knowledge because he's brilliant, he makes them more profitable. He literally flips companies. That's how Warren Buffett makes money. And yes, he does that and exponentially he's making money. But he's doing he far he's way more in control 
and he's and he's created his he's become one of the wealthiest people in the world not based on compound interest based on his ability control over a long period of time which has an exponential feature to it man isn't this stuff good like we need to understand investing at the center and my point is a lot of people are like okay let me ask you this do you have if you own a facebook share like let's say you own a stock of facebook who's more in control mark zuckerberg or you mark because not only does he own a lot more shares than you but he actually is in control of that same same goes to anything like we have to ask her question like you know if you if you have clarity on your why if you know what results you want to get let's get let's get clear on that and let's make sure that we're dealing with our money we're using our money in a way that aligns with that so now i'm going to go through what i call the big nine these are like the nine levers that you need to start asking yourself as it relates to your money and these again are are big and i'm going to go into depth because i i think they're really really key and the first thing is keep your money safe so number one these are nine areas that you need to be in control that you need to address and the first thing is keeping your money safe. Again, rate of return, rate of return, rate of return, rate of return. Everyone's talking about rate of return, but remember, risk equals chance of loss. So what's how how in control of you are you of your money like of your money getting lost? Since writing this book, I want to go into kind of a quick story. It's like I have experienced seen firsthand the negative effects of loss. And the thing that made me most sick is I had no control over that situation. And I just remember the feeling of saying, I don't ever want to be put in a situation where I have no control and literally seeing this money disappear because of someone else's mismanagement of that opportunity. And I just want that to sink in like, okay, number one is keeping your money safe. How in control are you of keeping that money safe? Number two is keeping your money liquid. The liquidity, remember, is the accessible nature of our money. So the explosive profit potential that that may come across um, in your life, like, are you going to even have money available? Think about 2008. If you had money and you were, had specialized knowledge in real estate and you had money and 2008 happened and houses were, you know, going for pennies on the dollar, think about the opportunity you'd have. You you would have so much opportunity to get in and make a killing but again, if you don't have liquidity or access to your money, that means nothing. Um, Nelson Nash, a, a dear mentor of mine who has since passed away, had had the following statement. He said, those people that have access to capital opportunities will seek them out. And if you think about if you think about this, if you have money, not only does that maybe give you the peace of mind to start thinking abundantly and thinking through opportunities, but it, you you have the opportunity to jump on something if something comes across. Like if a if an investment comes your way or a business comes your way or just, I mean, let's take money out of it. Let's say an opportunity to impact someone's life. If you don't have any money, like you can't do that. But the person that has access to capital and has capital can do amazing things. And so um, with that, so many institutions, whether it's companies, that's why they go, that's why they sell stocks, by the way. People, companies sell stocks to get capital. Banks, banks will give you interest rate to get your capital. Every, if you think about the institutions, what do they want? They want your money and they're going to give you some promise. If compound interest, and I'm using my quotation marks, if compound interest is so amazing, why would, why would companies give it to you in order to control your money? Control is so important. And, and so we, when you think about it, the longer we give up control, the higher interest rate we get normally. And so institutions want our money for as long as they can. And so we should look at that, model that and say, why, why do institutions value control? So number two is keep your money liquid to have access to it. Number three is to keep your money leverageable. Leverage is 
my goodness, is a very misunderstood concept. And this is what I'll say is this is where banks have made a killing. They understand how to leverage their money. But even like, even what I'm doing here, this is okay, this I came up with this on the spot. Like I am leveraging my time because I am pouring my heart and soul into this microphone. Okay. And I'm speaking. And you're listening to this, but I'm not speaking to you. And who knows why you listening to this? There might be someone on the on 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 a you know ten thousand miles away from you listening to this, and hundreds and thousands and even millions of people could listen to this. And I'm not speaking to those people. I'm leveraging my time by by one time saying this and speaking into this, and multiple people can listen. Same thing goes with our money. It's it's kind of like um, you know getting a better bang for a buck. Now, in thinking of leverage. You, you, the, the example that I like to use is banks. Okay. Banks, let's say I give a bank a hundred dollars. Okay. I give the bank a hundred dollars and the bank will then pay me 1% because they're generous. Right. So I, so the bank's investment in mathematically, now I, I guarantee you like there's, there's other expenses to the bank. So this is not like the gospel here, but like the bank gives me one, 1%. So I get a dollar. Okay, that's the bank's investment. Now they're going to take my money. They're going to leverage my money and loan it out to you. Let's just say, and they're going to charge 4%. Okay. Now the, the average person, when they, they hear that is going to say the bank made 3% on their money, which it depends. It doesn't seem that, that great, but the bank actually made 300% because of leverage. Their investment was $1 and they made three. So in this idea of, of that, I hope that sunk in like, and, and, and this idea of leverage is like, you're, you're a little lever. If you think about it, can make a huge difference. If you have massive leverage, you can you can do something at the same effort, but you can because you have leverage, it just works for you. So, um, so hopefully, the idea of leverage is important. The reason I'm so big on this is I was I didn't even know that this is a function, and I realized most wealth is created because people get this idea of leverage. Okay, and so we have to understand control cost. And we just have to understand when I say control cost, it's like if you can control capital at, let's say, 5%, say it costs you $5 for every $100 that you can control. And by controlling capital, you can earn 12%. Is that a good investment? Is that a good deal? Well, mathematically, you made 140% because your your cost was 5%. That's $5 and you're earning 12. It's 140% return on your money. That is a good investment. Okay, number four is keeping your money private. We uh, live in a lawsuit-happy world. What's the value of having your money off the radar screens of creditors? I just want that to sink in because, again, we get so focused on rate of return, but what if that whole rate of return is subject to someone, you know, losing their cool and suing you? Or or what if, what if the government decides to raise taxes to just take your money? You know, is your money protected from that? How much control do you have? Um, but there, you know, there are places that you, your money can grow that are off the radar screen of creditors, off the radar screen of the government. And again, this is this is so important that I added it into the nine elements of control. All right, n- number five is to protect your money from taxes. You literally can't afford to try to build significant wealth without um, aggressively and effectively uh, an effective tax strategy. It ought to be your goal to have as much of your money growing tax-free as possible. Um, man, it's plain and simple. If you don't have control over future taxes, if you think about this, what most people are doing, I, I, I talked about having access to your money. Most people are saying, oh, I'm going to put my money in an account. I am going to give up total control. So I can't even access my money without getting penalized. And when I do access my money someday in the future, I'm going to have to pay a tax on whatever that is. Talk about someone that has no control over their money. 
like the government, like depending on who's elected, like I would be worried about the elections because someone could get elected into office that could totally change the game overnight. Sign of a pen, taxes double. And now all that time that you giving up control and taking the risk of that money and paying fees is going to go into the government's hand. It's just, again, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist here. I just want to, I just want to point out the fact that most people have no control over, over taxes. And that's huge. And, and another thing that I say is I, I, I talk in the book, I, I'm like so afraid of offending people when I wrote this book and I, and I shared in the book, I said, okay, so if you invest over the match, you might want to consider, like, I'm just really like, I just want to be everyone's friend, right? Um, so if you invest over the match of a 401k, you might want to consider like that could be inefficient because you're deferring or postponing tax. I'm just going to be straight up with you. If you believe that you are your greatest asset, what, what does the 401k offer you other than rate of return? Like, I know we're told to put our money in 401ks and I, I want to support that. And if that's something that you want to do, awesome. But like, what benefit does it actually give us? And when, when we think about like so many people are just giving up total access and control of their money into a 401k, locking it up, not only are you deferring tax, well, let's just say it's, it's, it's the tax isn't affected. It's, it's a problem. Okay. That's my mini 401k rant because the more and more I just, the more and more I, I start helping people and learning, I just think there's less and less reason why 401ks make sense. Okay. Number six is protect your money from fees. And again, I told you probably the biggest pushback that I've gotten from this book is like my, my example of 2% fee. But regardless, I just want you to know that there's administration expenses, there's advisory fees, there's, there's front load fees. We just got to be careful what fees we're experiencing throughout our life. And the reason why this is number six on the list is we just got to be, if we are aware, it, if we start tracking it, we just start controlling it way better. So we just got to be careful about the fees that we're paying throughout throughout our life. And you're paying a lot more than you think. You might not even be paying close to 2%, but you're paying more than you think because a lot of these things can be hidden and as a result can be super damaging. And and so there's two types of fees that I just want to address real quick. There's fixed fees and percentage-based fees. The fixed fee is kind of like you are going to pay a fee regardless if you have a million dollars or ten thousand dollars you're going to pay a fixed fee for instance we have a blueprint that we charge people as we help them help implement some of these powerful wealth strategies like i'm going to share this at the end but the blueprint is amazing and whether you have tons of money or whether you have like very little money we charge a fixed cost for that because again we don't want to penalize you we don't want to tax you for for having more money and that doesn't seem that doesn't seem right percentage-based fee is saying like you're whether if you have if you have ten thousand dollars or a million dollars and you have to pay one percent fee, well, the person that has a million dollars is going to pay a lot more, maybe for the same amount of service, but they're going to pay a lot more. So just understand within that we if we're going to have to pay a fee, which by the way, whether you pay me or someone else, you we got to get paid. So there's some way that we get paid, but we just got to make that most efficient, and it has to be in your favor. Okay, so. Yeah, hopefully that makes sense. All right, number seven, protect your money from inflation. And inflation produces an overall increase of, of the price of goods. So and that's an idea of inflation. And we just got to be careful that like, if we're going to control our money, we need to protect our money from inflation. And it's, it's it, inflation, the reason why we have inflation, by the way, is our government's printing money. Like every single year we're printing more money, but but a dollar, like, so for instance, let's say there's only $100 in the country. Okay. hundred dollars, that hundred dollars is going to be valuable, right? Because the more people that we get, like we got to split up that hundred dollars, a hundred dollars is that value. But if, but if next year we print another hundred dollars, 
now we have $200, but the value of our dollar is the same dollar, but now we have more money, which makes the dollar less valuable. That's the idea of inflation. And we're not just, we're not just dealing with $100 here. We're, we're printing tons and tons of money. And so the Federal Reserve, after we went off the gold standard, is really printing more money. And as more money comes into the economy, that just makes our dollars less valuable. So we want to make sure that our money is not only growing, but we have like, if something happens to inflation, or if we experience hyperinflation, that our money won't be locked in a place where we're just getting crushed. Um, that's why Robert Kiyosaki talks about savers being losers. Person that just gives up their money and saves their money ultimately will end up losing if they don't have control because inflation could happen and your million dollars might be a lot of money to you now, but what if a million dollars was a year's worth of salary? Like again... 40 years ago, a million dollars was a lot of money. There will be a time where someone makes a million dollar in salary and that's not even going to be that much money. Think about that. Number eight is protect your money from restri restrictions and compulsions. It goes back to this idea of um, protecting your money from from the government. But it's more so like, like what kind of financial vehicle out there like we want our money to be in a place where we can control and exercise control and not have it be subject to restrictions. And so for instance, like if you have your money in certain accounts, sometimes you lose the ability to access that money without a penalty. Like, how is that okay? Or what if like, yeah, like there's, there's restrictions to our money. Why are we saying okay to that? So we just got to be aware of that. We got to protect our money from those restrictions, whether it's government or whether it's just the plan restrictions and just understand that like people want our money. And again, I, I don't want to, I want to be like a Debbie Downer here, but like people want our money. We just got to, we got to protect it. Now, number nine is protect uh, your human life value. And, and I firmly believe this is the most important out of the nine because you are your greatest asset. Okay. You, you're plain and simple. Like you are the most important investment you can make. And so we want to make sure that remember the value economy, as you create more value, you're creating more money. And so many people are ensuring that there, if something happens to their house, which, you know, might maybe the largest quote unquote asset you own other than yourself. But if something happens to your car, we ensure so many things. But if something happens to our ability to earn money, a lot of people are done. So think about the things that can hurt your ability to earn money, health problems, you could, you could have a health scare and that could, you know, prohibit your ability to maximize or optimize the money that you're going to make throughout your life. A disability, long-term care scare, like this, this could be, this could be um, damaging to your future and ultimately death. And, and the reason I, the reason I just say this is like, we have to start thinking about protecting the most important asset, which is ourselves. And Again, going back to people devaluing themselves, people are insuring their house, people are insuring their car, but they're not even insuring their most important asset, which is themselves. By the way, how insurance works is you can't be worth more dead than alive. You can't, you can't, if you have a million dollar house, you can't insure that for two million because you're going to incent, you're, someone's going to be incentivized to burn it down as messed up as that is. If you're, if you're earning potential, that insurance companies say, oh, like your earning potential is a million dollars of your lifetime, they're not going to insure you for 10 million bucks. So, like you can't be worth more dead than alive. We want to make sure that we're protecting what we what we're setting out to accomplish in the first place. Don Blanton says this really, really awesome is like life insurance, believe it or not, is the only financial vehicle that allows what you want to happen will happen even if you die in the meantime. Disability insurance allows what you want to happen even if you get disabled. Long-term care, uh, you know, if something happens to your long-term, you know, if you have to go into a nursing home and you all that, that decision just starts eating up all your assets that eliminates that 
Healthcare is really important. If something happens to your health, are you going to wipe out all your money? We have to understand that there are benefits to that. So that's number nine, understanding that our human life values, our ability to earn or max potential of our earnings. We want to make sure that we protect that. And I want to end control on this idea of asking the question, what's the rate of return? What's the return on investment of a golf club? Yes, you heard me. (laughs) What's the return on investment of a golf club? Now, if you're asking me, I, uh, unless I'm golfing with a client and maybe are able to justify saying, oh, because it's quality time, I'm going to make money. If I were just going to golf, if I'm playing golf, I am losing money because I'm paying. I'm spending a lot of time. I am, maybe I'm getting good exercise. Maybe, maybe I'll think better. But at the end of the day, I'm p- playing to play golf and I usually lose, lose golf balls in the process. Okay. Now, if you're Phil Mickelson and you're an amazing golfer, the ROI of a golf club for you is going to be millions, millions of dollars, because not only are you a good golfer and you're winning golf tournaments, but now that's giving you the ability to do commercials and speak. So the ROI of a golf club is how you use it. For me, I'm not that good of a golfer, so it's not that valuable. For Phil Mickelson, it's extremely valuable. When I when people ask me, Caleb, what's the rate of return of control in your life? I can't answer that because it depends. Depends on how, like, how like much control matters to you. Like if you're an amazing entrepreneur, if you like, like the opportunities of taking a dollar and multiplying it, if you have specialized knowledge, it might be huge. Like ask, ask Warren Buffett, what's the, what's the ROI of control in his life? Could be billions and billions of dollars. But I also have to understand that there's people here and if we don't get self-discipline or we don't know why we're doing it, control might not matter because if we don't know why it matters in the first place, then it may not be that valuable. The point is control is super, super important. And I can't put a value on it because it it's different for each person. So that's the the ROI of a golf club is just my example of uh, that idea. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player. 